Alone, I take my questions to the red rock canyons of the Colorado Plateau. And Whitaker. Twas a time starting in childhood, post-titty, skipping over my teenage years, eventually returning in my latest twenties, I would turn to my parents for advice during challenging times. They were not classically educated nor were they university graduates but somehow managed to absorb all life had to offer and transform their experiences into pearls, rubies, diamonds of wisdom. Their wisdom, more often than not, floated me safely along the raging river of my own life, a river with many self-imposed riffles, nasty rapids, eddies, undertows, and tumultuous waterfalls onto large rocks that bruised and cut my soul despite being polished smooth by incessant torrents of crashing river water. I chalk up my survival to one month shy of sixty to the two of them. I eventually grew to the point that I would say to myself during periods of distress, what would my parents, Janet and Rich, do when in a sticky situation? Then attempt to act as they would have recommended. Attempt because not only did I lack their wisdom, I also lack their courage to do what was right. They have both moved on, ushered into afterlife, be it the gold-paved streets of heaven, that wouldn't be my paradise, or worm food, by the bastard cancer starting in their lungs before spreading virulently. I like to believe I absorb their wiseness through osmosis, by learning and growing as a human being, however, I look at my life and realize I did and continue to blaze an orthogonal path far off the trail they blazed during their successful lives. My orthogonal path moves further and further from theirs meaning their wisdom does not always apply to my situations. Mostly, but not always. They were gregarious hanging regularly with friends while I'm a loner, a person thriving in a solitude they would have found uncomfortable. They were silky rose to my spiky saguaro. They were get-along people. I have rocked the boat so violently it is half-filled, still taking on water, and the bilge pump is sputtering for lack of proper maintenance. Not all their advice was shimmery opalescent plucked from an oyster. Some was downright asinine. One of my dad's isms was to ignore a problem under the pretense, if ignored it will fade away. The problem is never solved and will resurface sooner or later. When I try this technique, I fester inside and consume myself from within. I am dry, barren, twisted, hemmed in my high, unscalable slick rock walls blocking all but a sliver of life-giving sunlight that I greedily drink into my soul. Thankfully, I was raised to be a thinker and accept responsibility for my own actions, a gift of their parenting style. The advice they dispensed was always advice, never a must-do directive. I've never been good with accepting orders, the advice style built into me an ability to make rational decisions. I didn't always act rationally but did comprehend the rational choices. With my parents gone and me preferring my own company, I've had to concoct alternative strategies for dealing with the questions I don't feel equipped to handle on my own or I need a second perspective. The strategies include long, solitary bike rides along the calming lakefront on the south trail far from the mobs making riding a bit dangerous further north during which I'm all. For especially weighty issues, visits, either physically or, more likely, via my imagination triggered by photos captured on a past hikes, I lean toward the Colorado Plateau for revelation. Of course, my preference is to be physically in the red labyrinth with a refreshing sense of sage and juniper, where I may stumble onto a herd of pronghorn antelope, find owl pellets at the base of a high overhang streak with white droppings, where I would hear my own regular footfalls, the trill of canyon wren serving as a guide when coming to forks in the path, hearing my heartbeat bounce off the walls in a refreshing slot as I shuffle sideways to navigate the narrow passage where first I had to remove my pack to minimize physical dimensions. When I come to an answer rock, I stop, discard my shoes and socks, lay hands on the canyon walls, and present my challenge to the ancient rock maintaining connection through feet and hands for minutes, hours, as long as it takes until earth wisdom blesses me with insight. The west is far, visits infrequent, every few years at best, so questions tend to linger. 
And, I tend to visit with someone meaning solitude with rock people is even rarer. What's boy to do? Athletes visualize a complex sequences or routines in minute detail prior to execution. A diver will envision the dive, the gymnast the tumbling sequence. Neuroscientists say this helps train the muscles so the actual action is more likely to come off as desired, that is, as visualized. I've attempted to visualize hikes through red rock country replete with conjured sights, smells, sounds with all my senses, even a sprig of sage collected on a previous hike. A meditation to my happy place. Most times, concentration fails long before the visualized walking becomes zen and I find the place to strip down and connect with rock. The needed conversation burns off ephemeral. Then there are those rare instances when the meditation alms in perfect 108 harmony with creation bringing peace, respect, and understanding, allowing the universe to use me as a relay point funneling earth consciousness deep into the multiverse. And the channel is tuned such that the canyon picture in my head takes over my senses transporting me to the perfect red rock desert space, and questions asked are answered by wisdom released by dislodging sand grains from the ancient sedimentary rock deposited in layers long before I arrived, before humanity slimed out of the primordial ooze, and the answers really do not matter because I assume the rock's stoic existence and all is balanced within my universe. I just wish I could achieve the oneness at will rather than it occurring with the frequency of a blue moon. February 25, 2021